This is the Transcend Human Podcast, a weekly show where we learn what it means to rise above the human condition. We hope the conversation today is just what you need for the week ahead. Welcome back to the Transcend Human Podcast. It is great to be with you again this week. Uh, What are we looking at? February 20th, 2023. Like I said, welcome back. Um, Wanted to just do a quick life update. Um, Not a lot going on. A few weeks ago, uh, Tammy and I did our episode called Transcending Stories, uh, where we kind of gave an update about our foster care situation and the fact that our little kiddo uh, was returned to her home by the courts and uh, the whole story behind that. Um, so since then, uh, things have gone back to being pretty quiet, as you can imagine. So our girls are both back home in college um, and it is just the two of us and Tyler. So Tyler's finishing up his senior year in high school. His uh, football season finished up a while back. And so that that's another chapter behind us. And we're just just now moving into volleyball season. Uh, Tyler decided he was going to play volleyball with some of the other football players back, um, I think, freshman year. And he's been doing it all four years. And it's just a fun sport, right? It's, it's not one that he gets all into. And it's, you know, there's a lot of stress and there's, you know, there's this constant struggle to get better and better. It's more just a sport to have fun and enjoy. So we're, we're just diving into that. We did a, um, a tournament yesterday, big tournament, lots of teams. Um, and that was fun. So that's where we're at. Um, things, like I said, are pretty quiet. So today, um, I'm doing a little different thing. Um, we're going to do another transcendent rant. So what's the difference between a rant and just a regular episode on the Transcend Human podcast. Well, what I've come to find out is that most of my episodes are things that I've been thinking about for quite a while. And I, I take those ideas and I formulate them into an, uh, like a concept or a title. And then I do an entire episode. I research it, I write it, um, and have that all ready to go as a topic. The Transcendent Rant is a little bit unique because, yes, it's things I've been thinking about, and thinking about a lot, but it's more top of mind stuff, right? It's the stuff that's just swirling around in your head every day, every week for a while. And it finally comes to a head and you just you have to get it out. You're like, I've just got to dump all of this stuff and I've got to dump it fast. And so that's really what the transcendent rant is. Uh, it's just me dumping all of this stuff that's that's top of mind and trying to work through it, process through it in a podcast podcast episode. So that's where we're at today, the Transcendent Rant Chapter 4. Um, and whenever we do rants, we don't do um, minute transparency because this entire episode is going to be transparent. All right. So here we go. The Transcendent Rant Chapter 4. Um, we're going to do Chapter 1, Lost and Tossed. Chapter 2, This Isn't New. And Chapter 3, Finding a Life Raft. Chapter 1, Lost and Tossed. 
So the first thing I wanted to, to discuss is really more of a gut check for me, right? Something that I've wanted to get off my chest, like I said, for a while now. It's just been swirling around in my head. And it's this whole concept of feeling lost and tossed. Why? Well, the world is very different these days, in case you haven't noticed. Um, there's just something off about it. Something I can't really put my finger on, but it's there. Do you feel it too? I've been feeling this way for a while now, right? Ever since, well, even before the pandemic, right? There was just something brewing, something that you just felt in your bones. Now, it's really hard for me to be 100% objective because prior to COVID, Tammy and I were going through a really difficult time. So we were both let go from the church uh, that we were working at. It was the church that we attended, the church that we moved across the country to join, uh, the church where we found our life group, the church where our kids were connected through junior and high school ministries, the church where we spent almost every day of our week. Now, for some people, getting let go from a job is just another Tuesday afternoon, right? Well, I guess I'll find something new. But for us, living in this scenario, it's vastly different. Uh, if you haven't worked for a church before, then you really don't understand because it's much bigger than just losing a job, especially when you aren't expecting it. Because losing a ministry job in this way often means being separated from the church or separated from this life that you've invested into. Now, there's no rule that if you lose your job, you can't keep going to the church, but think about it. Would you be able to keep going to a church where you ran into old coworkers each weekend and there were all of these reminders of the job that you used to have, reminders of the team that you used to hang out with? Exactly. Not the most comfortable situation. Think of it this way. If you were a woman in an abusive relationship and the abusive husband threw you out one day because he found something new, but he said, you know what? There's a lot of space in this house. I think you should just stay. Do you really think the woman would feel comfortable staying in that house? Probably not. And that's exactly how you feel when you're let go from a staff position at a church. And they say, oh, but we really want you to keep attending the church. We believe it will help you heal. Sorry, that's not going to happen. So there's that dynamic. But for me, uh, I think it went even deeper because... I'd never experienced termination before, right? I had always been in control of my own destiny. If I wasn't happy at a job, I would find another one. And I would quit the current job once I had the next thing lined up. So this was a shock to the system, making me really question things like, why didn't I see that coming? Like, how could a church do that to someone? How am I going to find another job in that short of a time? How am I going to take care of my family? Is there something wrong with me? Was I doing something wrong? Did I not live up to my expectations? Maybe I'm not as competent as I thought I was. Yeah, it got that bad. I literally spiraled down the rabbit hole of assumptions, inferences, and basically reading into things that I could never prove to be true. So there was all that in 2018. Obviously something that rocked our world and changed it forever. And just as we were coming out of that dark tunnel, guess what hit? 2020. I mean, I don't even know if the paint was dry on our new reality, and we just drove right into the pandemic. 
This is why I said I can't be 100% sure that the tension was building in 2018 the same way that it was for the world around us, or if it was just us, right? When I look back, Tammy and I have been in transition now for almost five years. Living in this level of chaos, navigating minefields, reacting to the ever-changing world around us, never knowing what's coming next, bracing for impact every time we turn on the nightly news. At this point, we've become numb, right? So many over-the-top things have happened that you almost lose your reflexes, as if nothing can shock us anymore, right? We laugh at it at times because it's all we have left. We've been through the fear, the anxiety, the stress, and now we're just depleted, as if incapable of being shocked by something new. Even now, as the pandemic slowly fades into the rearview mirror, getting smaller and smaller, we're left in this aftermath. Now, the world isn't recovering, right? It's, it's not going back to the way it was in 2015. In fact, it's on a whole new trajectory, moving faster and faster, but slightly off kilter, right? It feels like the earth is wobbling awkwardly towards some unknown coordinate in space. Since 2020, we've seen what? Racism increase, political polarization like never before, irrational behavior without consequences, the riot at the Capitol, marches, looting, police violence. Uh, we have the preponderance of new conspiracy theories, natural disasters and increasing uh, severe weather patterns, fires, flooding, blizzards, extreme cold, increases in mass shootings, out of control gas and food prices, homes getting more and more expensive. Uh, the government shooting down UFOs over our country, supposedly. Uh, trains derailing with toxic chemicals being spilled all over residential areas. And these are all things that are happening just in our country. Around the world, you have Russia invading Ukraine. You have China up in arms over our involvement with Taiwan. You have new countries wanting to join NATO at the expense of peace in those areas. Uh, you have the CERN Hadron Collider being fired up in Switzerland and a bunch of you know, chaos surrounding that. Um, many island nations and coastal areas uh, are suffering from extreme weather conditions and flooding. Uh, you have the recent earthquake in Turkey. The death count is nearly 45,000. Uh, spy balloons over our country and, and unidentified objects, you know, uh, over other countries around the world. Um, you have AI, which is quickly becoming this mainstream thing, right? With chat GBT, GPT uh, and AI engines that appear to be intelligent, right? Capable of doing what a human can do, but in a fraction of the time. And that's just a taste of the things that the world is experiencing right now. Is it just me or do you feel the same tension? Now, I refer to this tension as, as feeling lost and tossed because at times that's the feeling. It's like I'm in this little wooden boat lost at sea being just tossed around by massive waves and you just keep waiting for the big one, right? The big wave that's going to break your boat apart or sink your ship but it just hasn't hit yet. We're still floating, still hanging on. Chapter two, this isn't new. As I was writing the first chapter, uh, I could hear myself saying, dude, what's wrong with you? I think you have poor me syndrome. Um, as if we've never had problems like this in the world before. Get a grip, stop being so negative. And that is true on some level, right? Life hasn't always been easy. 
Throughout time, people have suffered. Previous generations have been forced to endure big things, difficult things, even traumatic things. Things that make the difficulties we face right now somehow pale in comparison. I mean, think about the Spanish flu, the Great Depression, the World Wars, the Holocaust. And if you believe in the Bible, things like the Israelite people being slaves in Egypt for hundreds of years. And then there was that little global flood thing that kind of wiped out most of Earth's population. Again, bad things, right? Can you imagine being a child living in London during World War II? Uh, in 1940 and 41, German planes carried out bombing campaigns for nearly two straight months. 56 days of bombing, or what we now call the Blitz. In conditions like this, life would all but stop, right? There's no reason to go to work or school. Every day would be spent hiding and just trying to stay alive. When I think about scenarios like that, I cringe because it shines a very bright light on the fact that my life is nothing like that. No matter how bad things seem to be in my life right now, at least I'm not hiding underground wondering if the next bombing raid is going to be the last one, the one that finds my family. But I've also come to another realization, or maybe it's just a hypothesis, I don't know. But when I look back at these horrible moments in time, this is what I wonder. In and of themselves, these in incidents feel much more extreme, right? They're much more intense than what I'm facing right now. But while we may not be in the middle of a world war, there is something equally disturbing going on. It just feels different today, right? It's less about some large event happening around the world, like the pandemic, and it's more about the 1,000 smaller things that, are, that seem to be going off the rails. And maybe that's it, right? At least for me. Yes, COVID was one big massive event that forced the entire world to stand up and listen, right? Very similar to probably the Spanish flu. But very quickly, the pandemic set off a tsunami of smaller things. And I feel like it's that tsunami that has me feeling lost and tossed. Yes, the pandemic but even more so the fallout, or the new normal, as we call it. All of the chaotic things that have happened since 2020. Okay, let's shift gears just a little bit. Um, this will be a little tangential, but it's a rant, so I guess it's allowed. Um, I did want to talk about this thing called the Seven Mountain Mandate. Now, for those of you who've never heard of it, um, here's a quick little uh, summary of what it is. So the Seven Mountain Mandate is said to be a message from God delivered to the evangelical world around, I think it was 1975. So Lauren Cunningham, Bill Bright, and Francis Schaeffer are the three people who are kind of credited for receiving this message. And in essence, right, this message is a call to action. The, the message was to spur on evangelicals to invade quote-unquote, invade the seven spheres of society, which I'll list for you in just a minute. Now, this calling isn't a fringe thing, an underground thing, or an extremist thing. In fact, I can still remember weekend messages at the church I attended in Granger, Indiana, where the preacher talked about the seven spheres or the seven domains of society. I even remember there was a small group uh, that they started in order to to work on these things, uh, one of many, right? 
One of the domains is business. And this small group was made up of guys, yes, largely men, uh, who met as Christian businessmen. They discussed their businesses, how they were doing, uh, the difficulties they were experiencing, ways to inject their faith into their companies. And it was an open group, right? So they were always looking for new businessmen from the community to join them. Now, looking back, I didn't bat an eye. In fact, I was probably a little jealous, right? All these wealthy businessmen getting together, talking about their shared experiences in this fast-paced world of business and commerce. Fast forward to today, and we see that the seven domains of society idea hasn't become more generalized, more mainstream like this. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Instead of churches discussing them the way that I remember them being discussed as the domains where we can live out our faith, be mentors, and really model what it means to be Christ followers. Uh, the energy right now is actually going back to 1975, to that seven mountain mandate, along with its original language, right? Language like, quote unquote, invading the seven domains, taking them by force, overthrowing what is currently there and injecting the right-wing evangelical leadership into those domains. And as we've seen, this more extreme version of the idea is what has been co-opted by people like Donald Trump, Lauren Boebert, Marjorie Taylor Greene. These people have taken the Seven Mountain Mandate and made it part of their platform, right? It's part of this movement of people pushing what we call Christian nationalism. And this whole seven mountain mandate thing is just one of the many ideas that they've latched onto in order to foster growth in our country. Now, before I get too far, let me just list the seven domains of society. It's not rocket science. So here we go. Family, religion, education, media, entertainment, business, and government. Now, again, these seven were supposedly handed down by God to three people as we discussed above, which is probably why they've stood the test of time. But are they really that solid? I mean, when I look at the list, I already have changes that I would make, right? If, if I had had say in the list, mine would probably look like this. Family, religion, education, media attainment. See what I did there? Combined media and entertainment. Number five, the environment, and then business and government. Now, that was me just throwing out an idea off the top of my head, but I already think it's a better list. Now I know, I know, I know. <clears throat> People will say, well, this list is a bunch of apples and you just added an orange. Can't you see that? The domains of society are things that we as humans created and have domain over, like our families and the media we create. But the environment was here before us, so it shouldn't be on the list. And I get that. But as a Christian, technically religion existed before we did as well. If we truly believe that God created the earth, created us, and created the user manual for humans, then in essence, it existed before we did. God created it, and we're just following what he said. Similarly, he created the environment. But then what did he do? He asked us to take care of it. He asked us to have dominion over it. So let me ask you this. When you look at the global crisis or crises that we've been facing, things like natural disasters and extreme weather, 
droughts, all of those things, things that scientists refer to as the effects of global warming, how do you look at those things? Do you look at them as just being part of the environment, just something that was here before us and something that we have no control over? Or are you willing to entertain the possibility that the things that we have done to the earth may be causing some of these problems? Now, if you're open to the latter, then you're probably open to adding the environment, like me, as one of the seven domains of society. Okay, I probably spent way too much time on that subject, but I really wanted to just highlight one of the 1,000 small things that I feel like has raised the temperature since 2020, at least for me. So let's get back on track. Chapter three, finding a life raft. So my wife is amazing for so many reasons, but this is just one of them. Every now and then she asks me what I'm working on that week, what I'm writing, and what the podcast episode will be on. Then when I tell her, she typically asks a few questions and, and offers some advice. But today she was in rare form. I told her that it was another transcendent rant and that I was talking about the chaos in the world and the uneasiness that it creates for people. I gave her the 50 cent tour and when I was done, she said, is that it? Are you just going to be Debbie Downer and make everyone feel bad and then end the episode? I mean, aren't you going to flip the script? Aren't you going to like get transcendent on your viewers? Aren't you going to tell them what, how they can rise above it? Bless her heart. She's 100% what I need in my life right now. As it turned out, I hadn't written that part yet, right? I was just getting warmed up. I was just in the, the meat of my rant. I hadn't even started to conceptualize the transcendent part, how we cope, how we survive in the midst of the chaos. So I told her, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's in the works. And she said, well, good, because a rant without some sort of positive message is just negativity. From there, she threw out a few ideas and suggestions and then went back to doing whatever she was doing before we had the conversation. So that's what I'm going to start with, her suggestions. When the chaos of this world has you feeling lost and tossed, here are some ways to cope, right? Ways to keep the chaos from becoming overwhelming and paralyzing. Number one, change your focus. So my rant was me focusing on those 1,000 small things that I talked about, right? All these little things that seem to be going wrong with the world. And if I get too tunnel visioned on those things, the world is going to feel really small, dangerous, and exhausting. So we need to be aware of our focus and be willing to change it from time to time. Here are just a few ideas. Change your focus to family. Spend more time doing things with your family, the people that you love. Next, friends. Go on a double date or catch a movie with a friend. Do something with someone that you care about. Next, serve. Find a group of people that need support and offer to help. There's something like medicinal about serving. Um, I, Tammy and I have talked about this a lot in the past uh, as, as really a, um, I don't want to call it a medication, but a, maybe an antidote, if you will, to depression, even clinical depression. There's just something about 
depression that is so inward focused. It's it's really a self-centered, selfish view of the world. It's it's taking how you're feeling, which isn't good, and focusing all that energy on that feeling of depression. And so when you can step outside that and see the needs of others and start to methodically help other people through their stuff, whether that be their own mental health issues or uh, food insecurity or housing insecurity, whatever, whatever it is that you're helping another person with, it immediately starts to alleviate depression or these feelings of being overwhelmed about the world around you. So try serving. And then finally, create. If you're like me, you have thousands of ideas going on in your head every single day. Pick one and then spend time working on it and see it through. Number two, determine your level of control. So the, the second, this is the second thing Tammy uh, said. She said, why spend so much time focused on those things? You have no control over them anyway, like the economy or gas prices. You thinking about those things and how bad they are every single day isn't going to change them. So look around you, determine what you do have control over, and do more of that, right? Do things that will make a positive change, not only in your life, but in your friend's life and your family's life and in the world around you. And I think that's where I'm going to leave it, really, because she hit the nail on the head. When I find myself lost and tossed, at sea, right, in this small wooden boat, dangerously close to breaking apart. Ideas like these are are like a life raft, just floating nearby, right? A vessel that's actually made to weather the storm, even in high surf and stormy conditions. So that life raft, if we can make it from our little wooden boat into that life raft, the whole storm and the whole chaos of, of what's going on around us will be that much less um, pervasive or that much less of an influence on our life because we're now in a vessel that's made for that type of weather. Okay, enough with the illustration. Let's land the plane. Now, you notice I didn't spend a lot of time discussing personality types and how they impact us in these situations, right? Obviously, I've discussed in the past that I'm in Enneagram 1, so I spend a lot of time in my head processing, analyzing, and even predicting the future on some level based on all of this analysis that I'm doing. My wife, an Enneagram 7, is much more interested in adventure and being in the moment. And this is why we fit so well together. I need her to remind me every now and then that life is not as crazy as I think it is, right? Um, I need her to tell me every now and then, dude, you've been in your head way too long. And every now and then I need her to take a look inside my head, which rarely ends well, but you know what I mean. Yin and yang, opposites attract. So this is an entirely different part of the conversation, right? That that each and every one of us is going to have a different view of the chaos that I'm talking about, of those 1,000 small little things going on in the world. Uh, you know, all the way from people who are 100% oblivious, they just go about their day, they ignore all of those things, and they try to just live life day to day. All the way up to people 
probably even beyond me, who are so caught up in it that they literally have to spend every waking hour on TikTok or Instagram or CNN or Fox News or or whatever. And, and it becomes their life. It becomes the only thing that they can focus on. And again, part of this is based on our personality. So I'm not going to discount that. I just wanted to mention it at the end um, because it'll help you to understand yourself. So this week, along with that information, ask yourself the following questions. First of all, are you feeling lost and tossed this week? If so, what do you think is causing it? What are the things that you're focusing on? And on those things you're focused on, are they things that you're able to control? This week, take some time alone. Ask yourself some hard questions and come up with a plan. Are there ways that you can change your focus? Are there ways that you can spend more time on the things that are within your control? I know it isn't easy for some of us. Like I said, we get bogged down in the news and social media. And before you know it, we feel lost and tossed again. But the good news is that we're all in this together. So thank you for joining me on the journey. I love that you come here every week uh, to hang out. Have a great week, everyone. And as always, keep transcending human. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Transcend Human podcast. If you're interested in the show notes for this episode, head on over to transcendhuman.com forward slash podcast and navigate to the episode you're looking for. On the website, you'll also find blog posts, podcast series, and other helpful resources to help you navigate the Transcend Human ecosystem. You'll also find links to our social media channels, and as always, if you have questions, feel free to contact us at info at transcendhuman.com. Have a great week, everyone, and we'll see you back here on Monday morning.